0: I'm going to continue uh, the series that I started last week, and the series is titled It. It. It's a series that uh, we're going through four weeks in the book of Nehemiah. And Nehemiah is a book in the Bible about a a guy who took it upon himself to do something about it. To do something about it. Last week, I, I, I prefaced uh, the series, with the kind of the understanding that it is a small word, two letters, but it has a lot of significance, right? I can't do it, or, or what is it? And I, I talked about the its in our life, but Nehemiah didn't just talk about it, he did something about it, because he understood that it, whatever we're going to accomplish in life, it starts with us. He didn't blame everybody else. He said, it starts with me. The second thing, it's import- if it's important to God, it should be important to us. If something is important to God, it should be important to us. And the third thing is that it will never, it will never be accomplished without the hand of God. And today we're going to see, as I move forward, today we're going to see that whatever whatever we have to accomplish in our lives, whatever challenges we have in our life, they will always come or it will always come with obstacles. It doesn't always come easy. One of the things that I've always told my young adults when they were growing up, I always said this to them, I said, nothing in life that is worth anything is easy. Nothing that you will accomplish in your life that is worth anything is easy. The Christian life is worth more than anything that you could ever accomplish or have. It's not easy. It takes the power of God working through us. It took the life of Jesus Christ to usher us into the the relationship with the Father. It's not easy. And anything that we do in life is going to have challenges. So that's what I titled part two. It comes with its set of challenges. How many of you have said something like this? It is too hard. I can't do it. little guy over there said, that's me. I can't. It is too difficult. Anyone ever said something like that? I know I have. I know there's been times in my life that I'm I'm before God. I'm saying, I can't do it. It is too difficult. If you've raised teenagers, you've said that. you've been married, you say that. If you, you know, go to work, you've said that. If you've been in school and you did algebra for the first time, you said that. Or trigonometry or, you know, all of the anomies, you say that. But we're going to go back to the book of Nehemiah to help us with it. And uh, we're going to look at some keys to unlock the door of opportunities. With the its, and I want I want us to think about that as we kind of put this together with our year end. Um, The things that we have done, the things that we have done and accomplished at Living Word Chapel have been major challenges. And on the front side, can I tell you that it seemed impossible sometimes. But then when we look back, we see that the hand of God was upon everything. And that he's led us in every way. Some of you guys are doing things in your life right now that on the front side, you thought they were impossible. But on this side now, you're saying, well, the hand of God has been on it as I've been going through this in my life. So the first, uh, the first thing, it comes with its set of challenges. But the first key to overcome is all of us have to face our fears with faith. You'll never overcome something if you're afraid of it. You'll never overcome it if you're afraid of it because you'll walk the other way. Instead of confronting it, you'll you'll be be stifled from doing from doing this. Everybody is afraid of something at one time or another. How do I know that? Because all of us, all of us are, 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 we're all. We all have a dilemma, and that means that we all fall short of God's glory. So we have, we have fears. Anyone in, in here ever had a fear? Any, any fear? Maybe some of you went into a, a vocation where you needed to take uh, 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 college courses and, and, and you were afraid because you didn't know, how, how am I going to do this? And you saw that you were able to, but you were afraid at first, so all of us have, have fears. Some people have phobia, some people have anxiety, some people have apprehension. Every one of these will keep us from accomplishing it, whatever that it is in your life. But if we don't face our fears, if we don't face our fears, they will cripple us, right? Right? Glad you're okay, by the way, brother. Fear, Fear will stifle us from experiencing our God-given destiny. Hold on to that. Fear will stifle us from experiencing our God-given destiny. That's why God tells His people, throughout the Bible, God told His people to take courage, to take courage. Courage is never the absence of fear. It's the ability to trust God despite our anxiety and our challenges. In other words, we trust God more than our phobia. We trust God more than our anxiety. We trust God more than our apprehension. We trust God more than the fear that is before us. Courage is the ability to step out of our comfort zones through faith and embrace God's plan for our life. DJ, but you never have fear. Can I tell you something? Constantly. Constantly, there are things that come upon me. Challenges come upon me. Every step that we take as a church... I received that apprehension. I received that, you know, all kinds of different things. And I either have to face it with fear or I got to face it on my knees with faith. I got to face it with an, an attitude that God is bigger than whatever we're going to, to go through. Nehemiah, Nehemiah had to face his fear as he met the king of Persia. He had to go before Artaxerxes, and he had to face that fear, and we're going to see that in the beginning of of, of the Scripture. Chapter 2, verse 1, let me pray a blessing over the Word. Father, thank you for your Word. I pray for clarity, understanding, and guidance. I pray for everyone to grab a hold of what you have for each person here. And may we leave here saying, the Word of God is so amazingly perfect, and and it leads me to, to face my challenges with the power of God. We pray for this in Jesus' name, and everyone said... Amen. Early the following uh, spring, I'm sorry, early the following spring in the month of Nisan, during the 20th years of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was serving the king his wine. Now, we talked about that last week that that, uh, Nehemiah was the wine server, he was the wine bearer, and he had to be trusted. I talked about that last week. If you weren't here, listen to the podcast. Um, I had never before appeared sad in his presence. So every time he went to the king, he always had a lifted face. He always looked good. His countenance was good. Because I'll tell you right now that if he was sad before the king, too many times the king would get rid of him. You ever been around sad people all the time? It makes you sad. God doesn't want us to be sad all the time. There's times of seasons that we're sad, but we don't, we're not supposed to stay there, right? I had never appeared sad before the king. And it says, so the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. And look at the next, next part of the, 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 the next verse. Then I was terrified. Then I was terrified. But I replied, long live the king. How can I not be sad? For the city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins, and the gates have been destroyed by fire. The king asked, well, how can I help you? And with a prayer to the God of heaven, I love this because he's talking to the king. Have you ever been in the presence of someone and you're praying under your breath to God to help you because you're afraid? You ever been before someone, of a dignitary, or you've been before an interview? Have you ever gone before an interview? You want that job so bad, you want to get this. I mean, it's going to pay you like 50 grand a year 100 grand a year, 30 grand a year, whatever. And you're thinking, oh, I need this job. And you go before the, the supervisor, the, whoever, the human resource department, and you're, they're asking you these questions. And under their breath, you're going, oh, Lord, help me. Exactly what Nehemiah was doing. He said, I was praying to the God of heaven, and I replied, if it pleases the king, if you are pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. Now, I love this. Because the first thing that came to my mind is he's serving the king wine. And I thought to myself, because the white lines, not the black lines, but the white lines, you know, the things that we don't see, I thought, do you think Nehemiah said, have another glass. Have one more glass. And let me drink a glass too. <laughs> I don't know what he was saying, Right. And so he's before the king. But notice, he says, with a prayer to the God of heaven, I replied, the biggest obstacle in our lives is overcoming fear. Because I'll tell you what was going on in Nehemiah's mind. I know this because it happens in all of us. When we're faced before a challenge, we want to run away. Nehemiah could have said, when, he, when the king asked, why are you so sad, Nehemiah could have said, oh, nothing, it's, everything's okay. You ever said that? You, you know, there's something troubling you, and people ask you, what's going on? And you're like, oh, nothing, everything's fine. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Right? So Nehemiah faced his fear, and he, and he, and he talked, talked to the king, and, and he said, here's the thing. Faith in God is a thread that is weaved from the beginning of the Bible to the end. Faith in God is what goes through the whole Bible. In fact, without faith, it is impossible for us to please God. Why? Because if you're believing and you're trusting, then you're overcoming the things that are stifling you in your life. Everything that we do in life, that is bigger then us will always have an element of fear, anxiety, apprehension to it. Anything, beloved, that you do in your life that's going to be bigger than you will always have an element of fear. And how do you face it? With faith in someone bigger. God. You know, Moses sent um, 12, he sent 12 spies to go and look at the land where God is, was sending them to, the promised land. Ten came back and they were looking at that land through a lens of fear. They came back to Moses and they said, Moses, there are giants over there. Two of them came back, out of, the 12, out of the 12, two of them came back, and they were looking through a lens of faith, and they said to Moses, there are giants over there, but our God is bigger. No matter what we're doing this year, beloved, no matter what you're facing in your life, if it's bigger than you, it's not bigger than God. Whatever you're facing that God is directing you to overcome, it is not bigger than him. Anyone who comes to him, we have to believe that he exists and that he will reward those who earnestly seek him. It's powerful. You and I are going to overcome our challenges by believing and receiving. See, I believe God. When I first came to faith, it was hard. Because you don't see God. You just know you need him. Amen? Some of you are in here, you're in here and, and you ha- you're trying to get a hold of this God concept because first of all, you see people around you and you're saying, maybe some of them are, have, have walked with God, maybe some of them you know, have said they're professing, but they're, they look so different from what you would see as God moving in someone's life. But that's not God. Are you with me? God is real and he's true. And he's perfect. And so some of you that are in here and you're, you're, you're struggling with that, is God real? Is God, is God faithful? You know, all these things have happened to me in my life. I can tell you that if you seek him, he will show you how real he is. I was talking to someone just this week, and that person had he was going to try to venture out and do something that he's always wanted to do in his life, always, that was a passion that he would become this, this going to this vocation that was his whole passion in life. He went through all the process and the door was closed. I'm in, in this whole series, I was driving with him one day, and he tells me, you know what, this will never happen. I I I put all my faith in it. There is no God. And I told him, just because a door closes in your life, challenge, just because a door closes in your life, doesn't mean that God is done. So guess what? Months went by. He we made a call to another location, same job, same vocation, and every door opened up. Now, in, Now, check this out, in that time, In that time, not only did this door open up, but he got a job that is such a good job, he's having a hard time leaving that job for the thing that he wanted his whole life. But what I want to touch on, this is important for all of us to understand, what we need to grab a hold of, is that we can never limit the power of God. God is very real. Now, that's the first thing. The first thing, God is real. But the second thing is that God is a God of blessing who will reward you throughout your life for trusting him. Without faith, it is impossible for us to please God, but with faith, he will make himself real and he will reward you for seeking him. So as we go to the Copper Corridor, some people are saying there's giants over there. You don't know Hayden, Winkleman, Dudleyville, there's giants. Oh. No, there's people. People who need Jesus. And so we go down there with faith and believing that God's going to reward you. How? With a lot of money? Money's, money's perishing. When we think about our our year-end, let me tell you something. We talk about year-end, we put our monies together. Can I tell you that God will replenish you with that money throughout your life? You give to God's work, he's going to replenish you. You give to Walmart, they're not going to give you anything back. You give to Costco, they're not going to give you anything back. They'll make you a member, but that's 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 a member of a temporary family. I'm a member at Costco. I get their rewards. Well, so am I. I don't think we are anymore. Sam's maybe. But... I'm a a member of the kingdom of God. And that never ends. It gives all the time. And so as we grab a hold of that, it's by faith. God will reward you when you do it. The second thing, okay, it comes with a set of challenges. Second key to overcome is you need to trust God to provide. You need to trust God to provide. Anytime we set out to do a work for God, it usually comes with financial challenges. Think about it. Why? Because we spend all our money on everything else. Think about it. I said this last year. By, by this year, most of us should be going and saying, we're going to pay off our debt so that we have more money to be what? Generous. Because when you're in debt, you're what? You've got your hands locked, and you cannot do the things that God wants you to do. Someone say an amen. amen. I think that's very true. Okay, so sometimes we have our financial challenges and when we do, it stifles our faith. But we need to know that we serve a God of provision. In other words, God is giving, us, giving to us weekly and he does not force you to do things with whatever he blesses you with. You get to do whatever you want, but what he desires is for us to honor him with everything he blesses us with. In that... In that, we have to be careful not to place our trust in money or material things because they are perishing and fading away. So think about it. Think about money. Money has money. It can, it'll, it'll do whatever you tell it to do, right? It doesn't have his own legs. But I love what our forefathers did. You know what our forefathers did? They, they stamped something on our, on our, on our money, So it would remind us that this is not something that we should bow down to. Every one of our currency says, in God, we trust. It doesn't say trust in your $10 bill. Don't trust in your $100 bill. Don't trust in your $50 bill. It doesn't say that. It says trust in God because he will provide for everything that we need. Now, everything that we have, everything is a blessing from God. Everything, every breath, that's a blessing. Me being able to squat here, you know, air squats, that's a blessing. Hopefully I don't tear my pants. <laughs> Rip, right? Going to work, going to work every day, that's a blessing from God. Being able to, to be hired, that's a blessing from God. In fact, the Bible says that we brought nothing with us when we came into this world and we can't take anything out when we leave. So God provides throughout our our lives. He lends us. He, He allows for us to have what we have. For what? So that we can be filled with stuff for ourselves? No. So that we can be a blessing to other people. Now look at what Nehemiah says. Look at this. Nehemiah, before I go to that scripture, Nehemiah went to the king Not with manipulation, but he went to him with honesty and integrity. Think about that for Living Word Chapel. When we come and we say, let's do this together, it's never with manipulation. You don't have to do anything with your money. You can go spend it at at McDonald's. You can spend it at In-N-Out, wherever. Never with manipulation. It's always with integrity and honesty. It's exactly what's going on here. Let's let's look at the scripture. I also said to the king, so notice he had told the king, I'm sad because... This is what's going on. I need to go down there and fix it. But then it says, I also said to the king, if it pleases the king, let me have letters addressed to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River instructing them to let me travel, to, to ha- to, let me travel safely through their territories on my way to Judah. And please give me a letter addressed to Asaph the manager of the king's forest instructing him to give me timber i will need it to make beams for the gates of the temple fortress for the city walls and for the house uh, for a house for myself and the king granted these requests because of the gracious hand of god was on me notice two important elements to ensure us god will supply what we need the first one the first one is that god gives us favor God gives us favor. When you get a job, when you get a raise, when you get an advancement, it is because of the favor of God. In fact, you should always be praying for God's favor. Always. Those of you in here, pray for God's favor. The message puts it like this. Then I said, if it please the king, provide me with letters to the governors across the Euphrates that authorize my travel through to judah nehemiah was asking for and he actually received the favor of god so that every door was opened as he went to do the work of god it's exactly what we've been praying to you know when we sat before the school board at hayden high school we sat before the school board there was open doors they wanted us there that's a hand of god The second thing that we, the second element that's very important is provision. Provision. When God is in something, he will always provide. Uh, The the message puts it like this. also an order to Asaph, keeper of the king's forest, to supply me with timber for the beings of the temple fortress. The wall of the city and the house which I will be living. And look at what it says right here. The generous hand of my God was with me and this, uh, in this, and the king gave them to me. What does it teach us? God will provide. If God is in it, he will accomplish it. Now, the third thing, the third thing, I'm going to go pretty fast because I'm running out of time. The third thing, it comes with a set of challenges and the key number three, you overcome ridicule and persecution through determination. I love the way the psalmist put it. He said, all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Not only do we face fears, Not only do we face things that are bigger than us, not only do we face financial challenges, but you're always going to have your naysayers and those who are dead set against us when you're doing the work of God. And those who are against you desire for you to doubt God, question His purpose, and they discourage you into quitting. When I go through times where I want to quit, I know it's not God. When I have people come at me, when I have opposition, I have people you know, saying, it can't be done. Notice that word, it. It can't be done. How are we gonna do it? I think to myself, we're not. He is. You will always have opposition when you set out to do something greater than you. You will always have people say, you can't do it. How are we going to do this? First time we ever did a year-end offering, I got, had someone call me and say, I cannot believe you're asking the people, me? I cannot believe you're asking people to give money. Then I, then I was like, thinking about that all night, all day, I can't believe I'm thinking... We were going to try to do the student center. I went to do visitation in in, uh, in Tucson at one of the hospitals. I was visiting someone in the hospital. I got a call from our secretary. She said, "Pastor, you, you you need to get you need to you need to come to the office. You need to meet with someone." I'm like, "Well, what's going on?" She said, you need... "Someone called the office and they want to match whatever everyone gives. One person." And they ended up giving like a $25,000 gift that year. Now think about it. When all the people are saying don't, you can't do that. And we're talking about year-end stuff, but that throughout our life. If, you're, if God is setting you out to accomplish something bigger than you, you need to not listen to the voices and all the negativity around you and say, if God is for me, who in the world is going to be against me? Nehemiah his story helps us to understand this reality. It says, "But when Sambalit and Tobiah, and uh, uh, I think it's Geshem, uh, the Arab, heard our plan, they scoffed, contempt- contemptuously. They scoffed. They they said, what in the what in the world are you trying to do? What are you doing?'" Are you rebelling against the king, they asked? And, and, and think about that. Put it with, with what I just said. Why are you asking people for money? First of all, people don't have to give. Right? Why are, why are you doing this, they're asking. Why are you doing this? And, and he says, uh, are you rebelling against the king, they tell him. And, and, he, and he replied, <clears throat> the God of heaven will help us succeed. We, his servants, will start rebuilding this wall, but you have no share or legal right or historical claim in Jerusalem. When those naysayers, when, those, when that negative voice come into, comes to you, you need to say, you know what, you are set against me, but the God that I serve was going to help me succeed. And one of the great things we learn about Nehemiah, I love it, this is a great leader right here. And everyone is leading something. All of us are leading someone. Some of you are leading your family. Some of you are leading in your job. We're all leading somewhere. In fact, all of us are called to be servant leaders. Every person sitting here. But what I love about Nehemiah is that he had determination. He wasn't going to quit. He was, if no one goes with me, still I will follow. Sometimes in our families, we feel that way, don't we? Though none go with me, your family, they're, you know, they're doing everything against God. You're doing everything and maybe your friends, your family, your community, though none go with me, still I will follow God. That's determination. I'm going to end with this verse. It's it's, it's a verse that's talking about Christ. And Isaiah, the prophet, he prophesied. And and this is a verse. In, In Isaiah 50, verse 7, it says, Because the sovereign Lord helps me, because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Man, grab a hold of that. Jesus is on the cross. He's talking about him. Because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. No matter how people are mocking me, no matter that people are saying you good for nothing, you, you say you're the savior of mankind, get yourself off that cross. This is, this is prophesying about Christ right here. And it says, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I will set my face like a stone determined to do his will. What did Jesus say right before he went to the cross? In the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, Father, if you want to take this cup, take it, but not my will be done, let your will be done. He says, I'm I'm determined, determined to do his will. I know that I will not be put to shame because it doesn't matter what people say. It matters what God says. Oh, beloved, to hear that today. It does not matter what people say. It matters what God says. So here's your action steps. Do not allow fear to stifle the work of God in your life. Take a step of faith... This week, some of you, your step of faith is gonna be going to a small group. Some of you, your step of faith is gonna be stepping into a a place of serving. There's a lot of steps of faith that you can do this week. The second thing, choose to be an open hand child of God. Open hand child of God. You don't wanna be a closed hand child of God where everything is yours, you don't let go of nothing. When you're an open hand child of God, You receive his blessings and you give them out. Amen? And as you give them out, guess what? He replenishes them. Allow God's generosity in your life to lead you to be generous for his glory. And number three, don't listen to the negative voices in your head and all around you. There's a battle going on in our minds. There's a battle going on in our minds. That battle is saying you're no good for nothing. You can't accomplish this. Look at what's happening in your life. You need to trust the word of God that says you're my child. You are special and you're blessed. Stay determined to overcome any challenge you face through the power of God. Now, some of you are here today. I'm going to pray a prayer. And you're going to take a step of faith. The biggest step of faith is to receive Jesus as your Savior. Some of you are going to do that today. And I'm going to lead you in that prayer. Simple. Everyone bow your heads. God, I'm a sinner. And I need your forgiveness. And I'm tired of trying to live my life without you. But today I'm making the choice to become a follower of Jesus. And I admit I'm imperfect. And I fall so short in so many ways. So thank you for loving me despite my many failures and my many mistakes. Today I confess that Jesus Christ died for all of my mishaps, all of my sins on the cross at Calvary. I believe that he rose from the dead on the third day offering me complete forgiveness and a new start. I receive your complete restoration and I choose to follow Christ in the fellowship of the church and I pray this in the name that is above all names the name of Jesus Christ my Lord. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, do me a favor and put it on the connection card that you have become a follower of Jesus. And for everybody else, let's face our challenges with the power of the living God. And let's have a great week for His glory. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.